Thank you for checking out our podcast here at Eastern Assembly of God Church in Baltimore, Maryland. If you'd like more information about our church, you can find us at www.easternassembly.org. Good morning. Good morning. And happy Mother's Day to all the ladies out there. Um, I, <clears throat> that, that makes me want to cry. That is a, such a beautiful um, video. And it's so true because moms come in so many different, different ways, you know, in 2021. And uh, I celebrate every one of the women. You're standing in for a mom. You're, you're a mentor. You're uh, a mom in so many different ways. And so happy Mother's Day. And we celebrate you today. And I want you to get some lemonade on the way out in our little keepsake mug. Whether you want lemonade or not, take a mug. And um, we love you and appreciate you so much for everything you bring to Eastern, for everything you bring to this world. The world is is richer because of women. Come on now. <laughs> um, right when uh, Adam... Sorry, he said, whoa, man, uh, because, because it was a wonderful thing that he had made women. But uh, I want to invite all the women in the house tomorrow night. We are having eWomen Sisterhood. Um, we're meeting in here at 7 o'clock, and we're having a, a panel about Thrive, living fully in every season of your life. And so I hope that you'll join me. You don't have to sign up. You don't have to do anything. Just be here tomorrow night at 7 and we're going to have an awesome, awesome night. All right. So let's open up in prayer, and then we are going to, to talk about Jesus. Amen? Lord God, we just thank you today for your goodness. I thank you, Lord, for every single person in the house today. And God, for the work that you're doing in their lives. And I just pray that you would continue that. We open up our hearts. We open up our ears God, and we believe that he that started the good work is faithful to complete it unto the day of Jesus Christ, God. We thank you, God, that your word works in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. This morning, we're going to talk about this subject. I'm not going to talk about women. I'm not going to talk about a mom or a woman in the Bible. I just happen, I guess, to be a little unorthodox, but this is what God put on my heart, so that's what I'm going to talk about. Uh, it's called, you get to choose, you know, and a lot of times we feel like we're in a situation in our life that we don't really have a lot of control, and we don't have a choice about what's going on. Have you ever said, um, my healthy, my unhealthy habits are because of my husband, because he just brings ice cream home all the time, right? I, I've said that. Uh, my marriage problems are my wife's fault. She nags me all the time. Or my time management issues are because my parents were late all the time. I just can't help it. How about I don't want to go to church because of all the hypocrites there. They made me lose faith. Or I just have a big mouth. I can't help myself. Right? These are all true stories. I've said some of them. You've said some of them. You can fill in the blanks, right? And, you know, many times we think that we just need to believe all the thoughts in our head, that whatever pops out of our mouth just pops out, that we're victims of our circumstances, that we don't have control over the future, right? But we'll blame others, we'll defend ourselves, we'll blame God, and we'll just be very unhappy. And a man named Frank Outlaw said, watch your thoughts because they become your words. Watch your words because they'll become your actions. Watch your actions because they're going to become habits and character. And finally, it's going to become your destiny. It's like that's where you end up being. But it all started in the mind, right? 
And life is full of choices, and the choices are yours. We get, we get to choose. We're in control of the choices that we make every day, right? It's not just about my family DNA or just fate happening or the devil made me do it, right? Or I just can't help it. This is who I am. You got to love me, right? But as long as we think that way, we're never going to change. We're not going to be able to change. And, um, you know, you may say to me today, well, I'm not in control. God is in control. And that's True, there's some, there some truth to it, but there's a very good tension between God being in control, God's will, and then my choices and my responsibility, right? And so we need to let God handle the situations, but that doesn't eliminate our responsibility. Like if you would eat McDonald's every day and then you had a heart attack and you said, that's just in my family DNA, that was God's will, I want to help you. That's not true, okay? Um, and too many times we say, I'm leaving it in God's hands, and it's really a cop-out for us doing what God is calling us to do, right? And we were created with a free will. We were created uh, to be able to choose. That was God's gift to humankind. And choice is when there's, when there's multiple decisions, multiple possibilities that we're faced with that we need to choose, and you know that you're faced with hundreds, hundreds of choices every single day. And some may seem insignificant, but all those little insignificant ones, they build up to create a very big result and big consequences, good or bad, right? And so are those choices that you're making bringing you closer to God, or are they pushing you further away? Are they, are they bringing you closer to Jesus? And his presence and to the life that you want to live in Christ, or is it driving you further away from him? Are they standing between you and God? And uh, I just want to say that I'm speaking this because this is what God wanted me to, and I'm also speaking this, I may not be speaking about women, but I'm speaking, I am a woman, and I'm speaking to you as a mom, all right? So this is as, as a spiritual mom. And so just receive that today. Um, I want to share a couple of reasons couple things that you can do to make some good decisions, okay? And I'm not talking about what I'm going to wear today or what fruit I'm going to buy at the store, right? I'm talking about when there's a big decision coming down the pike. Just a couple things real quick. You know, you need to pray about it. Before you make a big decision, don't just, yeah, that makes sense. Pray about it. See what God has to say and don't just pray. Take some time to fast about it. You know, when I was going to marry this man here on the front, I, I fasted, and I prayed, and I fasted, and I prayed, and um, some of you know more about that, but, um, you know, I wasn't, I did not want to make that decision lightly and make a mistake on that, and um, so pray and fast about it. Another thing is look into God's Word. God's Word has the answers to everything that you need. God has put it in His Word for us to, to read, and then, you know, ask Christian friends and trusted mentors and uh, maybe spiritual moms and dads, you know, what they think. So that's just a couple things to grab onto when you're making that decision. You know, if you try to do these things in yourself, you're going to fail, all right? But if you try to do this, if you make decisions and invite the Holy Spirit into that process, he is going to enable you and empower you to do what God wants you to do, amen? Amen, amen. He helps us make the right choices, and then he gives us the power to do it. See, the responsibility is with us, but the power is with God, right? Okay, do you want to live a supernatural life? All right, it, it's basically we're in 
in a partnership with God, us, and God. And we do the natural part of what God is saying, and we let him do the super. And that's going to be the supernatural life, okay? But you need to do that natural part that God is calling you to. And I know that every single person in this room today wants to live in that supernatural life. I mean, God has that. And those that are online too, that's our heart, to live a God-glorifying, blessed, and supernatural life. And you know what? That happens by making those godly choices every day, right? And it happens with renewing our minds. And so Ephesians 4, 22 to 24 says, throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. Instead, let the spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. Put on the new nature created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. So if you were outside working or your husband was, and you're in the mulch and you are mowing the lawn and you come in and you are stinky and dirty Uh, If he comes in and goes to sit on the couch, you're like, whoop, nope, don't sit on my couch, right? Go get in the shower and change a little bit. And that's what it's saying, right? Here it's talking about before you put on something new, you've got to take off the old. And it's saying all those old things that are the lust and the deception, the things that aren't glorifying to God, the stinking thinking, and all of those things need to come off so that the righteousness and holiness of God, the new nature, can go on. But the the operative word there in there is a little three-letter word. Anybody know what that is? Right there in the middle, it says let. What does it mean to let? To allow, okay? That is something that only I can do. That is something that only you can do. It says let the Spirit renew your thoughts and your attitudes. We have to let the Holy Spirit in to renew it, okay? We have to give him legal jurisdiction and place in our hearts. We can't say, I'm going to do it myself and, and you know, uh, I'll come to God when I get everything in a row. He's saying, I don't want you to do that. I want you to let me renew that part of you, right? And you can have as much of the Lord as you want. You can grow as much in the Lord as you want, as long as we let and allow. And I always say that following God's will is as easy as saying the next yes to God. You know, it's that I, he says something and I say yes and obey. How, how are you going to get to the mission field? I feel like, man, when Joseph Gordon was talking a couple weeks ago about the mission field, something was happening in my heart. I feel like God is speaking to me. But, oh my gosh, where would I even start? You know, it's like, how about you give to the mission fund? How about you get a passport? How about you say yes and go on a short-term mission to Honduras? How about you talk to the guy in the grocery store about Jesus? See, it doesn't, you don't, you don't have to worry about the end point. You got to worry about saying the next yes to God, right? And, and it's as easy as that. See, uh, and, the, and the only issue that comes in is our own pride because pride will keep us from bringing down the barrier and saying, God, I need you. It's saying, I can do this myself, right? So God wants to tear down the pride. Choices always have consequences, and those consequences will affect the results in our lives. A lady named Lori Gottlieb says, most big transformations come about from the hundreds of tiny, simple steps taken along the way, and they add up to something big. So I want to talk to you today about four areas that uh, we need to choose in 
for God to bring big transformation in our lives. You ready? Okay. All right. Good. All right. So you choose how you will think. So I try to teach my kids about choosing. They can choose if they're going to have a good day or not. You know, it's so easy. Uh, the dog uh, pees on the carpet. The You wake up on the wrong side of the bed. You say, oh my gosh, it's going to be a bad day today. Anybody ever say that? Okay, don't all be too holy. We've all said that, right? But what we need to say is, you know, this is the day the Lord has made. I'm going to rejoice in it anyway, right? And uh, so I try to teach my kids when they're grumping and pouting. I say, you know, you can, you can choose to, to be upset and sit in your room. And, you know, we're all having a good time, though. Or you can just you can choose to come and join us and, and enjoy. Um, and uh, a couple weeks ago, Luke broke his ankle. Broke, broke his ankle. And uh, I feel bad for him. He was having such a great time playing baseball and everything, and now he can't. But uh, he was going to go over to his sister's house, to Alyssa's, and uh, she said, oh, bring their bikes. They were going over on a Saturday, and uh, we're going to bike ride. And we said to Luke, it's going to be kind of hard for you to ride your bike with the cast on, so you can't do it. And he got, he got very upset. And um, I said, Luke, I'm so sorry. I really, I am just so sorry. I know this stinks, but... Um, it's going to be off in about a month, and you're going to be okay. You know, you just have to get through this month. And I said, you know, when life gives you lemons, what do you make? And he goes, the lemonade just keeps getting sourer and sourer. <laughs> so you can choose if the lemonade's going to be sweet or if the lemonade's going to be sour, right? You are going to face things in your life. This message is not to say, oh, if you do everything just right, nothing bad will happen. But we get to choose the perspective that we're going to look at it with. We're going to choose, you know, the attitude that we're going to frame it with. And your attitude is going to determine your altitude and where you're going to go in life. Or it could just ground you right where you are. And you know that our minds are the biggest battlefield. The six inches of real estate right here is uh, just full of positive, And it, it'll have positive and negative direction depending what we allow in it, right? And you're dealing with thoughts, emotions, you're dealing with your past memories, you're dealing with, you know, how you were raised, what you learned, your, your past experiences that you're framing this through now, right? And, and all of that's true, but it's not an excuse for us, right? It's not an excuse for us going forward because we have to let the Lord have those areas of our heart so that he could teach us his truth, right? And when I was um, a teenager, my young 20s, I did not realize the, the control that I did have, what I could choose about what was going on in my mind. There were a lot of thoughts. There was a lot of fears. There were a lot of like false thoughts, like your mom's going to die, and this is going to happen, and this is going to happen. And I thought, maybe it's prophetic. Maybe God's saying this to me. Maybe this is God's will. And I would just kind of take everything, fear, and uh, fear of what people thought about me, and that nobody wanted to hear what I had to say or cared about me. I mean, just all of this stuff. And I, there, were, there were these ruts and these you know, pathways that my mind just always thought the same way. And I did not know how to fight it or how to overcome it. But you know what the Bible says? That we have the mind of Christ. You know that? And, and if we allow the Lord access to our minds, he can renew our minds. See, in Romans 12, 2, he says, don't copy the behaviors and the customs of the world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. And then you'll learn God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Amen. So any transformation, I said it before, begins with the way you think. And even in this passage, he says, again, let God 
transform your minds, right? So again, there's this letting him. He wants to, but am I allowing him, right? Um, kingdom thinking, God's way, is very different than worldly thinking. And, and God is wanting to change us. You know, the caterpillar looked at the butterfly and said, why did you change? And the butterfly looks back at the caterpillar and says, because we're not supposed to stay the same. We're supposed to change. You know, and so I just want to release you today to realize you can change. You know, sometimes we feel like even, well, everybody thinks I'm this kind of person, whatever. You know, keep on letting God renew and change you and bring you from glory to glory. Amen? And so today, an honest evaluation of ourselves would be, you know, what are you believing? An honest evaluation might be, I'm, I'm letting the past control me, or I'm believing lies that the devil's feeding me, or I'm excusing myself because of my hormones, right? Uh, you have to notice what you're thinking about. I'm concerned more about culture than I am about kingdom. I mean, the, the first step to knowing we need to let God change us is to know where we truly are right now, right? And so um, the biggest way to let God change us is through the word of God, all right? If, if we're not reading it, we won't know what it is that he wants to do. And, and it he has it all there for us. Have you ever tried to put together Ikea furniture with the instructions? Have you ever tried that? Okay, I, a lot of you have. Have you ever tried to put it together without the instructions? That would almost be impossible, right? And it's the same way with our lives. Life is hard enough, man, being a Christian. I say sometimes, it's hard, but man, I have God's word as a lamp to my feet and a light onto my path. And Dan Harlan did an amazing job talking about the word of God and how it's truly the inspired word of God uh, on Wednesday night. But um, the word of God will guide us and give us instructions for our life. And Philippians 4.8, this is what should we think about, okay? He says, and now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what's true, on what is honorable, on what is right, on what is pure, on what is lovely, and on what is admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. This is the test for the thoughts that need to come in our brain. And anybody in the house like some pasta? Um, I love some pasta. And uh, what do you do? This is called a strainer. And once you boil the pasta in the water, you're going to put it in here. The water's going to come out, what you don't need. And you're going to be left with your spaghetti or whatever you have. Okay. And so this is what I say is what our brain should be like. Okay. It should be the strainer of the Holy Spirit on our minds, that when a thought comes, when things are coming through our minds, we need to stop and be mindful and say, is it true? Is it honest? Is it admirable? Is it pure? Is this lovely? Is it serving me well to think about this? Is it drawing me closer to the Lord? Is it Christ honoring? Is what I'm thinking about this person going to help my relationship with them? Is the thought coming from God or is it coming from the pit of hell? Is this thought just drawing me into drama, or is this something that I need? And you know what? If it's a good thought, then keep it. And if it's a bad thought, return to sender. Okay, let it fall through here. Abort the operation. Let it go, all right? And uh, when, I was, when I was preparing this and I was writing the sermon and praying about it, a thought came to me about a video game. 
And uh, I know there's some video gaming people in the house. Anybody like to game uh, Nintendo, Switch, or PlayStation, or Xbox, or something? Or if you're really old, Atari, you remember that? Okay. Um, so, you got your little character, or whatever they're called. I, I'm, I'm not good with all this, but I just, this is the picture I saw. You know, your little character is going all over. He's punching, he's shooting, he's trying to stop the bad guys, right? Because if he doesn't take them down, they're going to take him down, right? And then, you know, there's some sort of like special power. You got a, you know, flower power if you're Mario. That's about where I ended. Um, or you're going into a certain room or another level to get like some fortifications and, and resources to be able to have this power to be able to win the game, right? Right? So, so, you know, once you have that power, now you can win. And I just want to say, like, that's a game, but this is actually reality, the battle in our minds, because it's sort of like that. There's these thoughts that are going around, and we got to, like, punch and shoot, right, and get the special power. That's the Holy Spirit because he can give us the help that we need to overcome and take those things captive. See, this is what Paul said. Paul just keeps saying good things all through the Bible. That's I love Paul. And he said, the weapons that we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. And we demolish arguments and every pretension um, mm -hmm, that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. So we need to take captive of the thoughts in our mind that are out of control and say, gotcha. All right? Bring it into obedience to serve Christ and to serve you well. All right? So what should we be thinking about? Let the Holy Spirit renew your mind by being in the Word of God. Put all the thoughts through the strainer of truth. What is truth? And then think about maybe processing. If you do have some thoughts you can't seem to get rid of, maybe you need to go to another brother and sister or sister and talk about that and pray together because God wants to give you freedom. Amen? Amen. So you get to choose what you are thinking about, but you also get to choose what you're going to speak, okay? Because remember, a thought starts in the head and then usually comes out of our mouth, all right? So here's a picture of a boat and that little red thing. Do you know what that's called on the bottom? A rudder, all right? And so a rudder is the primary control surface used to steer the boat. It's connected to a steering wheel that's in turn going to direct the ship, and it's so small. When I look at that, it's so small compared to how big that ship looks like it would get if we actually saw the whole picture of it. And you know what? Our tongue is like a rudder for our life. It's so small, so small, right, compared to your arm or something. And yet it has so much control over our body. You know, what we speak, what we confess, what we proclaim, it has power over our lives, all right? Uh, it's controlled by the steering wheel of what our mind believes. That's what's happening with our tongues. And God used words. Words are very important to God. He's called the word. Jesus is the word, right? But he also spoke the word and the worlds were formed by his word. Okay, Jesus went around and he used the word to teach. He used the word to cast out demons, to heal people. 
the words that we speak have so much power, okay? And James talks about this. He says, take ships for, ships, for example. Although they are so large and driven by strong winds, they're steered by such a small rudder, wherever the pilot wanted to go. Likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boasts. All kinds of animals have been tamed by mankind, but no human can tame the tongue. Amen. Next. With the tongue, we praise our Lord and Father, and with it we curse human beings who've been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth comes praise and cursing. My brothers and sisters, this should not be. Can both fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring? So we see that this, this little part of our body has so much control. It could do a lot of damage. It could do a lot of good. And it could bring people to freedom. It could bring people to bondage, all right? It can speak life and hope. And a lot of times, uh, you know, we look at people or situations and we say, they're never going to change. That is just, that situation is not going to change. I'll just tell you. And um, you know what? It's not going to change if that's the way you're looking at it and speaking over it, okay? It won't. But, you know, as long as we're seeing what we're seeing in the natural and speaking what we're speaking in the natural, we're going to have the natural, okay? But what do we want? The supernatural life, amen? And when, but when you can see what God sees, then you can say what God says, and you can have what God has, amen? All right, if you can, and this is not, this isn't positive words. This isn't positive words and affirmation. That's, that's not true, okay? The word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. The word of God is powerful, and the word of God in your mouth can change things, all right? So when we see what God sees, we can say what God says. Can you say that? When we see what God sees, we can say what God says. There was a prophet in the book of 2 Kings. His name was Elisha. And he was a prophet, so he would get, like, messages from God. And there was this king of Aram, and they were, like, enemies of the Israelites, and they were trying to come against Israel. And every time they would, they would set up camp to try to attack, and they'd have an attack plan, and God would tell Elisha what was going to happen. And Elisha would go tell the king of Israel, this is where they're going to be, this is what they're going to do. Well, it kept on happening. And so the king of Aram was like, who in the camp is a traitor? Somebody is a traitor. And... Uh, but then finally he got word that it was Elisha, that God was giving him, you know, what, the, what was going on. He was giving him the visions. And, and so he was mad. He was going to go get Elisha. And so he sent all of these chariots and horses and soldiers to surround the city. And when the servant of Elisha looked out the door, he said, oh, my Lord, oh, no, right? What are we going to do? He saw with his eyes what was happening in the flesh, right? And then Elisha came out and looked out the door and he said, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid because those that are with us are more than those who are with them. Because God was showing him the vision of what he saw, that there was the angel of the Lord surrounding and there were more that were with them than were with him. And so he said, open his eyes, Lord, so that he could see. And you know what? I just say, pray that God give you fresh vision, fresh insight to see what God sees so that we could speak what he's speaking. Amen? Because that is life. The Bible says in Proverbs 18, 21, that death and life 
are in the power of the tongue and that those that love it will eat its fruit. It means they're going to bear the, the consequences of their words, right? And so what are you saying about your spouse? What are you saying about your marriage, your children? What are you saying over your, your situation, right? Uh, because it's like planting seeds. Whatever you you put in the ground is going to grow. And those things that we're speaking over us, and especially if you're speaking over yourself, like, I'm a horrible person, I just, I can never do that, and, and all this stuff. You are stopping what God wants to do. As we know what the Word of God says, we know who we are in Christ, and that's what he wants us to live into, amen, and to speak into, that this is who I am. I am more than a conqueror, right? And the same thing on our situation. If we speak those things about Whatever's happening, you know, the, the Bible says that they sow to the wind and they reap a whirlwind. It's like those things that we speak, we're going to see them come back in our own lives, and we do not want that, all right? Listen to what you're saying. We're the only ones responsible for what's coming out of our mouth, amen? Amen. Or what's coming out of our fingers on the keyboard, all right, on social media, all right? Because that's what we're saying, too. And I love, I was thinking about this as I was preparing that. You know, when the Holy Spirit fills us, what, does, what happens? We speak in other tongues, the Bible says. And there's this thing that now he's taking our tongue, that thing that can't be tamed by anyone. And he's saying, I'm going to give you, I'm going to take that tongue and use it for my glory. Amen. And so it's so amazing that that involves tongues. And, uh, you know, don't be afraid of letting God have your tongue and surrendering that to him. So what should we speak about? There is a woman in the Bible who's just amazing and she's full of virtue and character. And if you want to read about her, I would tell you to go to Proverbs 31 because it's really good. But it says that she speaks with wisdom and faithful instruction is on her tongue. When she speaks her words are wise, she gives instructions with kindness so what, how is it that we should be speaking, right? With kindness, with wisdom, with truth, with instruction, and with faith, and with compassion, and with respect. And with that tongue, we can praise God. With it, we could declare the goodness of God and his miracles. Amen? With it, we can speak life. And... You know, I, I just want to encourage you that, you know, a, a way that I've learned to be careful about what comes out of my mouth is give myself a buffer. The Bible says that be slow to speak and quick to listen, and you have two ears and one mouth, which is, you know, God did that for a reason. Um, and so if you're feeling like I'm getting really upset, um, you know, you can always say, uh, I just, I need a minute. Go to the bathroom. You know, I have many come to Jesus moments in the bathroom, you know, letting the Lord to just help me for a minute, right? Um, you know, if you're, you're, you have to make a big decision, you don't have to answer right there. You could say, give me a day or two or a week and give yourself that buffer. Don't not communicate, but absolutely just realize that, um, you know, you have that choice. And um, if you're speaking negatively, if you're speaking gossip, apologize and stop, you know, uh, that apology will help you not want to do that again too. And you're like, I should not have been saying that. I am very sorry. Um, let God have your tongue. Amen? So you choose what you speak. You choose what you think. And you're going to choose what you do because that follows what you've been thinking and speaking. All right? So if I said to you today, who do you obey? You would probably say to me, 
nobody. I'm an adult, or I'm old enough to make my own decisions, right? And, but but the, the truth of the matter is that we're either obeying ourselves, our emotions, or our appetites, our desires, or God. Something is being obeyed. So if I showed you this picture today, and I said... Uh, you just told me you're on a diet. You just started a diet, all right? And, uh, I, and But you were hungry. And I said, oh, my gosh, but I, I have this for you. You know, what would you say? I mean, some of you might have a lot of willpower, but, but you'd probably be like, okay, diet starts tomorrow. Gotcha, right? That's the truth. But, and, and so we obey what we choose to obey, right? And so it's the same thing with any kind of addiction to pornography, addiction to alcohol, addiction to gossiping, addiction to whatever, or uh, whatever we're choosing to obey. But we have a choice. And you, you may look at me today and say, I, I don't have a choice. I, I just cannot help it. My finger keeps on going on the keyboard and clicking on those sites, and I just can't stop, or I can't stop picking up the bottle, or I can't stop whatever that thing is. And I just want to say today, we want to pray for you because we serve the God of miracles. We know the one that can break chains and change lives. And I could go through this room, and I know there's so many that could say, I've come out of drugs, I've come out of alcohol, God has has changed my life. I've come out of anger or whatever it is. God can help you. Amen. The Bible says don't love the world or the things in it and the things that it offers you. For, for when you love the world, you don't love the Father that's in you. For the world offers only a craving for physical pleasure, a craving for everything we see, and pride in our own achievements and possessions. These are not from the Father, but they're from this world. And the world is fading away along with everything that people crave. But anyone who does what pleases God will live forever. And so you can choose today to just satisfy the temporary cravings of your physical body, pleasures, it's your choice. But I'm going to tell you, it's only a temporary fix for what can really satisfy, for the deeper longing in your life that's really calling out and that you're craving. You know, uh, it might be pleasurable for a season, but it always leaves us with shame and regret and guilt and actually makes us feel separated and wanting to hide from God right? But you can choose today to follow the way of the Father that he has for his sons and daughters, a way of freedom. Like, this world has no idea about the freedom that he can give, right? Because can we be honest, either uh, are your choices obeying you or are you obeying them? Or in other words, are, are they controlling you or are you controlling them? Are you really free? Are you really free? The Bible says, my brothers and sisters, you were called to be free, but don't use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. Another thing that sometimes controls what we're going to do is our emotions, right? Uh, emotions are up and down, and we can be driven by what feels good or what feels bad at any moment, right? But Feelings are great indicators, but they're horrible dictators. And this is a quote from uh, Lisa Turker. She said, they can indicate where your heart is in, in that moment, but that doesn't mean they have the right to dictate your behavior, what you do, and to boss you around. You're more than the sum total of your feelings and perfectly capable of that little gift called self-control. 
Don't let your emotions make the decisions for you, okay? Let it lead you to what's happening in your heart and what you need, but don't let it dictate your reactions and what you actually do, all right? Let, let God have even those emotions, and he can balance them out. Uh, what, what should we do is that Josh, Joshua said it, in Joshua 1.8, he said, keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you would be careful to do everything that is written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Guys, this is in every point. I feel like this is so important. It's going to be the word of God. It's going to be the word of God because we don't get it by osmosis. We get it by reading it, by, by practicing, by letting it transform our hearts and our lives. Amen. And so let the Holy Spirit speak to you through his word. And in contrast to that, the Bible talks about in Proverbs, I'm, I'm reading through Proverbs right now, and um, I, if you've never read Proverbs or if you haven't read it in a while, I just urge you to, to go back and read through the book of Proverbs. He's constantly contrasting those that are wise and following the way of wisdom versus the fool that, that's throwing it by the wayside, and he says that, that the fool, uh, disaster engulfs them. Distress overwhelms them. I'm not found to them. They eat the bitter fruit of living their own way. They choke on their own schemes and they're destroyed because of complacency. And so how do we truly follow is to meditate on the word of God and do what he says. Realize the temptations that you're facing and turn away from them and let God cultivate the spirit, the fruit of the spirit, self-control in your life. Amen? Amen. And the last thing that we get to choose, there's so many other things, okay, but I had to, you know, put a, put a stop at this. So you get to choose who you will serve, all right? To serve means to follow or to live for. You know, either we're going to live for ourselves or we're going to live for the one who gave himself for us and who made us. Uh, you know, we all have to make this choice, or the choice will be made for us. God gave his, his people, the Israelites, the law, and uh, we now are grafted in even to those promises that he gave to Israel through Christ. And uh, if the worship team would start to come. And, you know, when the Israelites were trying to get to the promised land and they're in the desert 40 years going in circles because they weren't listening to the Lord, um, they had gone their own way. And they're about ready in this passage that I'm going to read to get into the promised land. And he said, but before you get in there, man, you've got to get the law of God in you so that when we get there to what God has promised us, we can live fully in what he's given us, right? And so they stood sun up to sundown reading all of the law. And, and uh, he, he was reading about the blessings of following God versus the curses of not following God. And I want to just read to you the blessings. Will you listen to this today, the blessings that God was proclaiming over them when they would follow? I'm not going to read the curses. You can do that yourself at home if you want in Deuteronomy 28. But he says, if you fully obey the Lord your God and carefully follow all his commands I give you today, the Lord your God will set you high above all the nations of the earth. All these blessings will come on you and accompany you if you obey the Lord your God, you will be blessed in the city and blessed in the country. The fruit of your womb will be blessed and the crops of your land and your young livestock, the calves of your herds, the lambs of your flocks, your basket and your kneading trough is gonna be blessed 
You're going to be blessed when you come in and you're going to be blessed when you go out. The Lord's going to grant that the enemies who rise up against you will be defeated before you. They will come at you from one direction and they're going to flee from you in seven. The Lord will send a blessing on your barns and everything that you put your hand to. The Lord, your God, will bless you in the land he's giving you. He's going to establish you as his holy people that he promised you on oath. He promised with, with his himself an oath to us. If you keep the commands of the Lord, your God, and you walk in obedience to him, then all the peoples of the earth will see that you're called by the name of the Lord and they will fear you. You're going to lend to many nations, but you're going to borrow from none. The Lord will make you the head and not the tail. If you pay attention to the commands of the Lord, your God, that I give you and carefully follow them, you'll always be at the top and not at the bottom. Don't turn aside from any of the commands I give you today. Don't turn to the right or the left, following other gods and serving them. So don't, don't follow other gods. Don't, don't follow those gods that money and jobs and the things that are always calling out to us, the cravings and pleasure of the world. Don't make other, other gods before me. Choose to put me first above everything else. Live and serve him. And after he read all of these cursings and the blessings, he stood before them and he said this. He said, today I've given you, I've given you these choices between life and death, between blessings and cursings. Now I call on heaven and earth to witness the choice that you make. Oh, that you would choose life so that you and your descendants might live. You can make this choice by loving the Lord your God, by obeying him, and by committing yourself firmly to him. This is the key to your life. And you know, I, I love it. I love it how God like, loves us so much that he's, he's not willing for us to get this wrong. He's not saying, I'm giving you a choice and good luck, right? He says, I, I'm, I'm putting before you life and death. This is multiple choice, A, life, B, death. Choose life, choose A so that you and your descendants can live, right? He, he stood in and he's giving us that and saying, I want you to get this. Choose life. Choose life today. Amen? And uh, it's a choice. It's a choice. Choose life so that the generations after you can follow. I think of all the, all the stories in this room of, of people serving God, the generations, the, the Groveses and the Alts and just different ones where we've seen generation to generation. Maybe you're the first one in your family to follow God. That's okay, it doesn't make you any less. You're the first one that's saying, you know what, I've chosen to make a legacy and to start this and we're gonna start serving the Lord, amen? Joshua said, you know what? If choosing the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose for yourselves this day who you're gonna serve. If it's gonna be the gods of your ancestors that they serve beyond the Euphrates or the Amorites, where you're living. But he said, as for me and my household, we are gonna serve the Lord. He made that proclamation. We're gonna serve the Lord. And you know what? I choose to serve the Lord because I've tasted of his faithfulness because I've seen his faithfulness through generations. My parents uh, both came to faith from another religion. My 
grandparents and my mom and her brothers came over on a boat from Italy and they found Jesus here. And I'm so thankful. I'm so thankful that they started that legacy. And I know for myself, when I received Jesus, the change that he made in my life, I know the things that I struggled with that I couldn't get free from, but he made me free. Praise God. I know the anxiety that I dealt with, but he made me free. He brought me through extreme loneliness. He brought me through sickness. And I could say that he's faithful. And I've seen it time and time again. We've seen healings in this room every week since Easter. You guys have seen it yourselves. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Amen. You can make that choice to start the legacy today in your family. That from me going forward, this is what we're going to do. We're going to serve the Lord. There was a, a lady at a conference in February when I was speaking there who had come up and she was just tormented by nightmares every single night. And I talked to her, she was in her, in her 50s and she said um, she was away from the Lord and she had been through traumatic things with her mother and her parents and just horrible. And still this was tormenting her. And I said, well, so we, we prayed. She gave her heart to the Lord. We prayed forgiveness for her parents. Uh, you know, she forgave her parents. We prayed against the tormenting spirits that were bothering her in her dreams. And you know what? They have stopped. I, I just hear from, I keep on getting texts, you know, like still nothing, nothing. Praise God. God can change. He's alive and well. You can't tell me. You can never tell me that it's just not working. This isn't true because I've seen it and experienced it for myself. Amen. Can you say that, that I've experienced it for myself? God is able. He's real. He's moving. And I, I want you all to stand to your feet and just with your, your, your heads bowed. You know, you're here today. You have a choice to make. You know, am I going to live for myself or for the Lord? I believe that there's some people that he allowed to be here today so that they can make that decision today. See, the Bible says that we've all sinned. We've all fallen short of God's glory. It's no, it's no surprise, you know. It's nothing that we need to hide there because it's just everyone has. And the wages of sin, the, the, what, the wages, what we've earned for our sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ. And our own way puts us out of relationship with Jesus Christ. Religion is man's way, always trying to get back to God, always trying to like do the right things and say a prayer to get us back to God. But relationship was God's way of getting to man. And that relationship was through Jesus. Amen. And he, he died. He took the punishment of your sins, of my sins on the cross to take the guilt, the shame. And then he was raised from the dead to conquer sin and to live victoriously, to show us that we can too. And so this morning, I'm just gonna ask you, if that's you today, that you need freedom, that you need Jesus to come into your heart, you say that the biggest choice that you can make today, the biggest choice that you can make for your whole life is to receive Christ. If that's you, I'm opening the altar right now. I want you to just come down. I want you to come right down and we're gonna pray for you and with you. Come, come. If God is nudging your heart, if God is speaking to you today, now is the time. Now is the time. And church, you pray. You pray that if there's somebody that God is working in, that God would do that. 
you're feeling that nudge, if you're feeling like you need that, that's you today, would you just come and get out of your seat and make your way down to this altar? He's got a future. He's got a hope. He's a God that brings life. He's the God that brings beauty out of the ashes. Thank you, Lord God. Amen. Amen. If, if some altar workers can come down and just stand across the front. Deacons, ministry heads, small group leaders, come on down. Come on down today. And we're just going to pray. If you have a need, we're praying for, for sickness in your body. We're praying if there's something that you realize I need to make that choice today. There's something that I feel like I can't be free of. I don't have a choice. I can't get free. I need Jesus to break this in my life. I want you to come right now. I want you to come and let God do what only he can do. He's the one that sets us free. The, the best choice that we could make is to let, 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 allow the Holy Spirit, the legal jurisdiction to work in your heart today. Hallelujah, Lord God. Lord, we allow you access to our mouths. We allow you access to our minds, God. God, we want to live for you, Jesus. We want the blessing of the Lord to flow in our lives, God. I choose you, God, above everything else. I choose you, Jesus. Come, don't be afraid. Don't let pride hold you back. Come and find a place at the altar and let God do what he wants to do.